Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. What a privilege to be together in the presence of the Lord. I love what God's doing in this community of believers. Andrew, I'm so proud of your willingness to stay true to the call of God. The Lord's been speaking to me this weekend about his purposes for this church, and I believe if you will humble yourself and continue to seek the presence of God, and you'll continue to love each other as a leadership team, this expression of the kingdom of God here is gonna reach and impact the entire Niagara region and beyond and the world. What God is doing here is a very unique thing. This is a powerful move of God. If you stay attentive to the Lord, he will use you as a harvest center for this entire region. Jesus is handing out callings today and assignments that are unprecedented. I'm in the middle of a story with uh, our team that is stretching our faith and calling us to new levels of obedience and sacrifice. Two years ago, we began a discernment process with uh, the global mission that I lead called MB Mission with another movement called Sea to Sea, which brings together 32 denominations in Canada to work together in church planting across this country. And God was calling us to come together and, and form a new mission harvest team. And it was last, it was last February uh, that uh, we were in strategic planning. God, what, do you, what does this look like? What is this, what is this, gonna, what is this new wineskin look like that you're, you're, you're forming with these two organizations? Uh, what, what, is, what is your vision for us? It was the week that uh, Billy Graham died. And I saw those images here this morning as you did. And that strategic planning couple of days with a consultant, this guy was trying to, trying to get structure figured out. He was calling us to a structural discernment exercise. And I'm telling you, God just did not let us go there. We were just totally stuck. And, the Lord, and we, when we get stuck as a team, we just humble ourselves. We get on our knees, we cry out to God. We say, God, what are you saying? And here's what he said, I'm, I'm inviting you to lay down your organizational identities and names. I want to form something new called Multiply. And I want, to, I, want to ha- I want to give the anointing that was being carried by men like Billy Graham, individuals, I want to release that harvest anointing on the body of Christ. I want millions of people walking with that anointing of evangelism and witness. And if you'll humble yourself, I will use you to facilitate the releasing, the equipping, releasing of the body of Christ globally for the last harvest. And I am, I am so f- full of that vision, exci- excited about what God wants to do. So the organizational uh, name that God gave us was Multiply. Multiply, and so that's the story that I'm living in, and as I see what God's doing here in this community, whatever you allow him to do in your life here, he will multiply a hundred times 
over and more beyond to reach this community and the nations, and the nations. This is not an age of looking to heroes. This is an age of each one of us stepping into the, the fullness of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, being equipped and gifted to do everything that Christ called the body of Christ to do. The church is his mission vehicle to reach the nations. We are collectively his missionary. Amen? Yes. When I look at movements around the world where I, I see the Holy Spirit working powerfully to reach uh, just vast numbers of people, I lean in. Like Andrew was saying, I get to the edge of my chair, I lean in, I'm asking God, could you do that in our day, in our time, in our country? Could you do that here? I'm grateful you're doing it over there, but could you do it here? I believe God begins by stirring our hearts with passion, awakening our affections for him. And maybe some of you have experienced that this weekend. You've been, you've been stirred in your heart. God's been stirring up first love for him. Have you experienced that? Some of you experienced that? Yeah? Have you felt the Lord just kind of awakening some things? Yeah? You want to just say a word or two about it? Some of you want to just say, hey, here's, here's something that just, yeah? If there's a mic, just, just really quick, just really brief. Yeah. Even though we have been here just a little over a year, yeah. I came here with no expectations. Yeah. And I feel like I've been treading water for the last year. Wow. Until I heard this weekend. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my heart was on fire again. Yeah, yeah. Just like it was when I became a Christian five years ago. Amen. Everything was just wanted to burn. It wanted to burn so brightly. Yeah. And pass that along to yeah. everybody within this church right and within on. the Niagara region. Yeah. I'm not going to stop. Yeah. Not this time. Amen. 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 Anyone else feeling a, a stirring of, of affections toward the Lord here this weekend? Anyone else want to just give a testimony of that? We've only been here <clears throat> a short time. Mm -hmm. But on Friday night, uh, <clears throat> sorry, my voice here. When Randy asked uh, those who wanted a touch from God to get on their knees, yeah. I really felt something. Mm -hmm. And that strength... Uh, just a really touch from the Lord. Yeah. And it's still on me. Amen. And it's awesome, and it's going to help me Amen. Uh, walk out and defeat some of the areas that I've struggled with. Amen. So thank you. Amen. Amen. There's someone else back there. So um, I actually gave up my Sundays at work about a year ago um, mm -hmm. just because I wanted to make the effort to come to church. Mm -hmm. um, that whole year, I could have made all that money and I still didn't come. Mm -hmm. I was oppressed, I feel like, mm -hmm. um, had a lot of anxiety. There was always an excuse. Um, but recently, I spoke with Andrew and I've mm -hmm. been doing the morning prayers mm -hmm. um, ritually. Mm -hmm. And I just feel the passion of God, just it's completely ignited in my life. Like yeah. I, I feel like completely reborn. Mm -hmm. And I'm consistently coming now and I just, Hope that God stays with me in, in yeah. faith. Yeah. Amen. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. Hi, everyone. I will introduce myself. My name is Divya. I don't know, maybe everyone will be aware. Uh, there was a girl who, was pa who passed out the first time, so it was me. I really apologize, but I don't mm -hmm. know if everyone will know me. Mm -hmm. So I'm from Toronto, and I'm just a new resident over here in St. Catherine. And uh, I didn't know anything about the church, about Jesus, anything. Mm. But I should say that uh, I've been sent a message from God that I got someone as an angel in my life, and her name is Elaine. Mm -hmm. There she is. Mm -hmm. Hi. <laughs> so Elaine is the one who just brought me here, but mm -hmm. since that first day when I was passed out, mm -hmm. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I felt something really so different in me. Yeah. It was like a heat. I don't know, but all of a sudden I just passed out. But mm. since that day, I've never been missing any Sunday. I just mm -hmm. love it over here, and I mm. feel so great. Yeah. I'm Amen. expecting. I just want my baby to feel the same like I'm doing. Amen. Amen. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Yeah. I just wanted to hear a few of your hearts as we just give witness and testimony that the Spirit of God is stirring our affections for God. And when we come into his presence collectively, our hearts get awakened and stirred and we begin to direct our attention off of distractions and other things onto the Lord. Remember Peter when he was beside, uh, uh, well, he was, in, he was in a boat with his buddies. They had basically abandoned the mission call. Jesus had died. There was the resurrection, but they were actually confused. And they went fishing. John 21 tells the story. They had left the mission call of God, and, and, and Peter was, uh, was ready to abandon, abandon the whole thing. And, and as he's in the boat, he sees a guy on shore who shouts out at them, have you guys caught anything? And they'd spent a whole night catching nothing, which is a bit of a, an echo of a previous story. And, uh, and then, Peter recognizes, hey, that's the Lord. And he makes a dash for shore, jumps right out of the boat, starts swimming for the shore. And uh, I can see you doing that, actually, Andrew. <laughs> I can see you doing that, buddy. Uh, he makes a run for Jesus, and it, he's, just, he's just captivated by Jesus. And Jesus has some breakfast ready, and then Jesus asks him these questions, simple questions. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Jesus is stirring up his affections. He's stirring up his heart. He's kindling that fire that's kind of gone to a low ebb and he's saying, Peter, it's about me and you. Let's do this together. Peter went from there to a prayer meeting in the upper room with 120 people. They were 10 days in the presence of the Lord. And I see gospel movements, harvest movements around the world. They are ignited, first of all, with a passion. And second, they are marked by prayer. Prayer, united, concerted, passionate, focused prayer. If this church, this expression of the body, if you will pray, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves 
and pray and seek my face, I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. I'll, I will heal their land. God's heart is for us to humble ourselves and to cry out. If we'll do that, he'll move by his spirit in ways that we could never orchestrate, plan, do in our own strength. Wherever the people of God are uniting together for concerted prayer, God is pouring out his presence and there is a gospel movement that is transforming communities and cities. A number of years ago, our family was in uh, Kenya and we were in uh, Nairobi and there was uh, an invitation I received to go to a church, Redeemed Gospel Church in the Mathade Valley. And I was invited to speak at the evening service and so I went. I'd never been to this church, I didn't know anything about it. I got there and it's in the middle of a huge slum, hundreds of thousands of people with very little you know, uh, city services, living in a bunch of shacks. This church was meeting in a circus tent. They're building their sanctuary, but they didn't have the funds to complete it, so it was just going up real slow. So this is a huge circus tent. When I got there, the tent was both emptying and filling up. And I realized I wasn't speaking at the evening service. I realized they've been meeting all day long. There was the eight o'clock service, there was the 10 o'clock service, there was the 12 o'clock service, the two o'clock service, the four o'clock service, and I think that's the service I was in. I was in the four o'clock service. They've been meeting all day. This was a church of 10, 12,000 people at the time. I walked up the aisle, all folding chairs, walked to the front, and as I'm getting closer to the front, I'm just sensing, whoa, the presence of the Lord. What is, like, there's no music, there's just, there's just grass, chairs, and a tent. What is this? Whoa. I sit at the front waiting for the service to start, and the guys who've been doing their thing all day long get back up, and they start you know, tuning their instruments and just kind of getting ready for the evening, and it's like, whoa, the presence of Jesus is here. The guy leading the service begins calling people to worship, and he is enjoying the anointing of the Holy Spirit, just having fun enjoying the anointing, the presence of God. The worship was just an open heaven. And when I was asked to speak, it was like the words were being just pulled out of my mouth. It was so easy to communicate in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. My translator was completing my thoughts for me. He was just like reading my mind. And I was just locked in with this guy. When there was a call to respond, just all kinds of people responded because the Spirit of God was already at work in their lives. I was overwhelmed with the whole experience. At the end of it, I sat down and, you know, as we were finished ministering to people, it was just, it was just an overwhelming experience and I was just crying. And I said to one of the pastors, explain this. What is going on here? He said, you gotta come here tomorrow morning. 5 a.m., this, this tent is full of people. Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning. Before people go to work, they come here and pray for a couple of hours. We have hundreds of people crying out for God to pour out his presence, to revive not just us, but to transform this city and this nation. They said, you should come on Friday night. We pray all, all night long on Friday night. I'm like, what? All night long? Yeah. I went to the all night prayer meeting. Unbelievable. 
Sunday morning was just an expression of what God was doing Monday to Saturday in that place. They were living for the presence of the Lord. That's why the continent of Africa is being transformed today. It's not because God loves Africans any more than he loves Canadians. Our stats are today between three and 4%, three and 4% of Canadians are in church this morning. You realize that? We're not 20%, we're not 25%, it's between three and 4%. And I'm telling you, it's going like this. It's going the other way in all kinds of parts of the world, all over the place. God, revive us. Revive us, God. We are desperately in need of the presence of the Lord. I see prayer marking every gospel movement around the world. Prayer. I see the next step everywhere as well, and it is death. Not physical death, but death to self and the life of self. And wherever God is pouring out his spirit and there is life, there is also the laying down of our lives and death. And I understand the gospel being Jesus' call, if you want to come after me, you got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. you got to lay it down. I laid my life down, now you lay your life down. I'm gonna give you all of me, you give me all of you. This is not just for hardcore missionaries and people who are crazy fanatics. This is the only gospel. This is it. Unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Many seeds. Many times, God's invited me to lay down what I have. I was 19, I saw another expression of the gospel and Jesus and I was intrigued. I was on a backpacking trip in the Middle East and when I saw the reality of the presence of God, I knew I needed, I needed to lay my life down. I needed to surrender my life and it took me six weeks of counting the cost because I knew I had to be all in. And at the end of it, I said, okay, you got my life. Not just my sin. You get the difference? It's easy to give God your sin. Who wants sin? How about your life? How about your life? How about your will? How about your education? How about your future? How about everything you're ever gonna be or do? How about that? That's the invitation. If you want to be part of a move of God, it costs you everything. And it's never been any different. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You lay it all down and he gives you all of himself. He fills you with his spirit. You are empowered to live a different life. It's no longer you living, it's Christ living through you. And I'm telling you, there's no, other, there's no other life like it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can make that exchange this morning. I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. It's the end of your life as you know it. And from now on, you belong to Jesus Christ.
Has that happened for you? Sometimes we play games with God. We want just enough of him to have our sin problems dealt with, but not enough of him to be a useful vessel through which he brings transformation to the world. We don't want everything. We want gospel light. Jesus is inviting us to the full octane gospel here this morning. He wants all of us. He's given us all of himself. Death is the only way to get to life. Sometimes I think we believe there's life and then there's an amazing life. And that's kind of how we market the gospel. One of our places that we're working around the world is in Malawi and uh, there's a whole movement of the gospel there and I just love what God's doing. The guy leading uh, that movement that we've been working with for many years now is named Safari. And Safari uh, was a refugee from Eastern Congo. He was caught up in the Hutu-Tutsi conflict and he was chased out of his community. In fact, his whole family was killed, martyred in Eastern Congo. So he went to a refugee camp in Uganda. He found the same dynamics in that camp. He almost died there. He had to flee the camp and he went overland for hundreds of kilometers down into Malawi. In Malawi, in the camp, he experienced the gospel. And that gospel was this gospel, this high cost gospel of laying down your life. And he realized, I have to forgive all those people that did horrible things to my family and to me. And he experienced the incredible forgiveness of Christ and then the freedom of forgiving other people. He started a church. He married a woman. She's, she had, when he married her, she'd been a prostitute for 14 years. You gotta realize when you're a, a refugee, the only credit card you have as a woman is your body. So women are prostituting all the way down these journeys. His wife met Jesus, was healed, set free. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of gals who've come out of prostitution in that church. The church grew and grew and grew, and then one day he saw the guy who killed his whole family show up in the church. Not in the church, in the community. That's the guy who killed my family. Looking for a home, looking for a place, a safe place. He invited the guy who killed his family into his home. They loved him. They shared the gospel with him. This man received the mercy and grace and forgiveness of Jesus. He gave his life to Jesus. Safari discipled him. He realized he has the gift of leadership. When they started planting churches outside of the refugee camp, this man was one of the guys who was called to plant. They now have over 30 churches outside of the refugee camp. It's refugees who are reaching the country of Malawi. And one of the guys who's pastoring is the guy who murdered his family. Unbelievable. That is the gospel, my friends. That is the gospel. Passion, prayer, laying down your life, laying down your life, surrendering your will, dying to self and finding Jesus is everything you need, everything you need. Don't settle for anything less than that today. I see also 
And by the way, I see this in the book of Acts. Acts chapter one, we've got that 10 day prayer meeting, verse 14. Luke 24, 47, wait in Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from on high. Acts 1, 8, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Passion, prayer, death, and power. The power to live the life that Jesus called us to live. Impossible in our own strength. Impossible. If you've tried it, you know how hard it is. Apart from the power of God's spirit indwelling us. We're not meant to do this in our own strength. We're meant to do this on the other side of laying our life down. Where Jesus fills us with his very life, his very breath, and we desire to be in his word. We desire to pray. We desire to share this good news with people. You can't help but witnessing when you've been empowered by the spirit of God. I mean, a youth hostel, the first guy I led to Jesus was a member of Hell's Angels Motorcycle Gang in Jerusalem, 1982, December 1982. The guy came in, started drinking, and just getting completely blitzed. And I just realized this guy needs to talk to somebody. He needs a friend. Sat down next to him, heard his story, said, you need Jesus. He said, I agree. What? Took him up to a room in the, ho- uh, the youth hostel and led him to Jesus. I was so excited through that experience of being a part of leading someone into the kingdom of God. I wanted way more of it. But you couldn't have shut me up. No one had to tell me to share my faith. You will be my witnesses happens after you've been empowered. It's not a plan. It's not a course. It's not something you're taught. It's the overflow of the presence and power of God in your life. You have a testimony that is personal of the gospel. And there's nothing more powerful than any one of us have to share than that personal story of how Jesus has been at work in our lives, how he's transformed us. The world needs to hear way more of those stories. So you are the gospel tract. You are the gospel witness. You, wherever you are, in the places of work and study and your neighborhoods, these are the places where people need to see Spirit-empowered gospel witness. Every one of us get to live that message. I see power, then I see proclamation. Acts 4.31 is a scripture that uh, I see being repeated all over the world. After they prayed, the place where their meeting was shaken, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. The boldness comes from the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. This is a pattern This is a pattern repeated thousands and thousands of times all over the world. Passion, prayer, death, life, empowerment of the Spirit of God, proclamation, bold witness. And it's irresistible. There's a whole movement of the gospel happening in Mozambique, Southern Africa now, and it's exciting to be a part of that. The guy leading our, our contribution there is from Brazil. His name's Emerson. He leads all our work in Latin America. But mission is now from everywhere to everywhere. People are coming from all over the world to serve God in Canada. You realize that? They're planting churches from all over. We're sending people from Canada and, you know, and North America to the, to the nations. But it's from everywhere to everywhere. So this whole uh, movement in Mozambique, there's a lot of Brazilians involved. 
Emerson was telling about this baptism they had a few weeks ago. They had 240 people getting ready for baptism. They were going to baptize 240 people in one shot. They had a river. They were going to baptize them, but the river dried up, and so there's just pools left. So that's where they're going to go for the baptism. It's a very dry area. So you go to a pool. The problem is there's hippos and crocodiles in that part of the world, which adds a little bit of a risk dimension to the uh, (laughs) baptism experience, right? November 5th, is it? Is that what's going on? 4th, the 4th, yeah. Okay. So anyways, there's a lady from the church who goes to clear the pool of like under, like uh, plants and stuff like that so you can get in. Like, you got to know when the lights go down, the animals come there. It's a watering hole, right? During the day, you know, 240 people can get baptized. So she's clearing the, the pool and a crocodile grabbed her. Grabbed her arm, took her right in, and she died. That happened. So obviously, you're not going to use that pool. Crazy. The next pool is 20 kilometers away. So Emerson said him and 240 people start walking 20 kilometers to the next baptismal opportunity. I was thinking, this is a great time to start sprinkling people. Like, uh, why not? But he's, he's like, no, we're, we're going 20K. They get to the next pool, but on the way from this pool to that pool, they go through a bunch of villages, and people are asking them, where are you guys going? And they said, we're going to a baptism. We're going to testify to the fact that Jesus has transformed our lives. Can we join you? Yeah, you can. And they're singing along the way. They're worshiping God. The number grows, 240, 300, 400, 500. They pass a village. There's a whole bunch of soldiers there. Soldiers like, where are you guys going? We're going to a baptism. What's that? Explain the gospel to them. Can we join? Yeah. So all these soldiers join them. There's eight, 900 people end up in the second pool. They have the opportunity to preach the gospel there because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of folks just, checking this out. They preach the gospel. They talk about the death and the resurrection of Jesus, that we actually are living that same story. As we enter the waters of baptism, we are dying to our old self, and we are being raised to new life in Jesus. Over 600 people got baptized that day. Isn't that unbelievable? And Emerson said, then, then I realized why that one lady laid her life down. She, she, she laid her life down so 400 people could enter the kingdom of God. Wow. Proclamation. Bold proclamation of the gospel is transforming communities today. Now we live in a pluralistic society where people say, you can't tell me what your worldview is or your perspective of life is. I say, why not? Why not? You have, a, you have a story of what Jesus has done in your life. That is your story. That story has incredible power under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to bring life to other people. Share your gospel story. Share it. Share it. Share it. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today. 
and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church at and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.